Hello, and welcome to The Will of the Great Spirit, a Shaman King podcast. With me today are Thomas and Jordan from Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast. My name is Thomas. <laughs> My name is Jordan. <laughs> Fortunately for uh, you listeners at home, uh, our friend Zach is a dirty liar. You have not clicked on the incorrect podcast. Uh, we are, in fact, Inherited Will and Friends, a One Piece podcast. A weekly podcast discussing each week's manga chapter and a reread of past chapters. My name is Thomas. Uh, I'm Jordan. And I am Zach. Indeed. And uh, Thomas, I gotta say, I did read Shaman King for this week. Is that not what I was supposed to do? <gasps> well, it appears I was the one out of the loop this time. <laughs> Nuts. That's <laughs> right, Jordan. I'll, I'll poach you from this podcast and we'll, we'll have our own podcast. I think that sounds delightful. Oh, this is terrible. We have you on for 20 seconds and you're stealing my co-host. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, in case it was unclear, this week we have a special guest and friend of the zoo, uh, Zach. Yeah, it's a, it's a great pleasure to be here. Indeed. Took some jumping through some hoops to make it happen. Uh, dealing. It with... wasn't fair that you put all those hoops <laughs> out in front of me. Yeah, well. You had we were bored. Um, <laughs> uh we are recording across three different time zones, and we all have different weird hour jobs, so it uh, took quite a bit of doing to make it happen, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zachary, mm-hmm. on uh, our first episode of the show, Jordan and I gave a little bit of information about ourselves, such as our history with the franchise, how we got into it, favorite characters, that sort of thing. Uh, would you like to give us a little bit of intel on your background before we actually get started today? Yeah, Absolutely. So my name is Zach. I am a Robin guy first, a Zoro guy second, and a Luffy guy third. Respect. And then everyone else is good too. Uh, (laughs) I remember watching the Four Kids dub way back when, and just being a little bit baffled. Uh, This was the Baratier arc that I was watching, and just, just being baffled at what I was seeing, because it felt like there were no stakes because it was four kids. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, if I remember, Krieg shot a well, lot of stakes at Luffy in that arc, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, uh, no, four kids. You, you mean suction cups? cups? Oh, my God, I forgot. <laughs> no, you're right. Yep. Oh, no. We all, we all I've done so well in erasing that. Oh, no. I've been cursed again. <laughs> I, I just showed my girlfriend the pirate. Oh, no. <laughs> she's like, what? How did this happen? Who allowed this to happen? Powers beyond our control. Oh, yes. If only we could turn back the clock. I've been reading since, oh, God, middle school, early middle school. So what was that for me? 2004, 2003? So it's been been a good ride. Yeah. I think that was also Baratier that I started (laughs) reading or, like, discovered and then went back. So what made you, like, stick with it if you were so baffled by the four kids thing the four kids that i saw that and was like well that's weird but then reading it was uh it was just really evocative when i've read the the zeph eating his foot flashback Mm -hmm. i was like oh there's something here this is exciting and the chunk of chapters because like american shonen jump would package like three chapters of each of its like seven series it would pedal and all three chapters that I read were from Sanji's perspective. Like they were, they were all either Sanji flashback or like Sanji versus Pearl. Mm-hmm. 
and I was like, who's this guy in the background with the straw hat? <laughs> and that is exactly how I was introduced to Naruto as well. It was Wait, a soft... there's a Zeph and a Barete and all that in Naruto? <laughs> there's, there's a lot. No, no, no. I, as it would have been like the actual magazine, right? The Shonen Jump magazine? The actual magazine, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what I'd seen was um, maybe the Gara, like Gara exposing his sand power for the first time. And Naruto mm. is just not involved in that section of chapters because he was knocked out a long time ago. <laughs> oh. and it's, you mean during like the um during the, the first exam? Uh, second exam of the June exam, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, this Sasuke guy is clearly the protagonist. This Naruto <laughs> guy just like got knocked out. So all my favorite manga I've discovered because of the secondary characters. <laughs> Just happened to be a time where the main boys were taking a back seat. Yeah, which I guess is kind of a testament to the writing there, that the side characters can feel like they could be running the show. Yeah, those are both great examples of, like, yeah, putting the spotlight on someone else and having a great payoff. And then I do remember that the the Shaman King chapters at that time, we're tying it all back to Shaman King, baby, uh, <laughs> was Yo versus Ren in the... Uh, the preliminaries and that was actually like the protagonist and his rival going at each other and it's like oh that that's why that one i think became my my favorite so quickly because i got the actual protagonist doing things (laughs) oh man one day i'll get around to reading shaman kane but i missed the homework you can watch it on netflix for a uh, blisteringly paced version the Hmm. new anime the... the new anime is oh. is uh, condenses a lot of chapters into not many episodes. Oh, in like a good way or a bad way? Yeah, is this a recommendation not... or not? <laughs> it, it, is, it is a recommendation. It to me it was a little jarring, but watching it with my girlfriend who was not familiar with the source material, she's really enjoying it. And only when I showed her the like the physical books on my shelf was she like, "Oh, that's how much we've already covered. That's so much." Oh, jeez. Oh. So how many how many episodes are there? Uh, there will be fifty two. That's not bad. Uh, we we only have season one thus far in America. Season two comes out uh, like three weeks from now. Oh, the ninth. Okay, all right. Sooner than expected. I will have to give it a shot. Yeah, and then you can come on and guest star <laughs> on my podcast with Jordan. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> We've brought a full circle. Perfect. Uh, I suppose we should talk about One Piece now. Uh, jumping Fine. right in. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, sit on in the chapter 1032, and then later we'll be discussing 400 through 412. Here we go. Gotta stop by Granny's house first. <laughs> Naturally. Eventually. I mean, her house is way up on the top of that hill, so still got... A fair chunk of ground to cover. Oh, that second cat might not make it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> They're both having a rough go. I mean, the second one there is better built for this task, but is already exhausted. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. I wonder what they are delivering up to that hill. Looks like Yamato has like a a pack with perhaps some food that she is dying to get and like a barrel of sake or something. 
Now, am I mistaken, or is this granny a granny that we have met before? I think I read on Twitter earlier that uh, people have been suspecting... Is this Bartolomeo's? I don't know about... I mean, that very well could be, but the post I read on Twitter was thinking that it was a caribou's grandma from that flashback. Gave him all Uh, the meat pies way back in the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did not verify this information, but this is the claim that I saw. (laughs) Hmm. That's good enough for me. This is the high-impact journalism you come here for. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. No doubt this is hinting that either Bartolomeo or Caribou will be imminently important to this current arc. It's all but confirmed. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Right. Uh, Guess we'll go ahead and I mean, let's... let's are, are we just dismissing the notion that caribou is going to be important to Wano? Because uh, do you genuinely believe that to be true? <laughs> I do. Would you like to elaborate? Oh, we're getting into the theories <laughs> real soon. All right. <laughs> no, no. Let's let's go through, and then we'll do theories later. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Uh, don't let us forget. Um, okay. Jumping on into the chapter proper, starting out with our man Marco the Phoenix carrying Izo. Uh, apparently the apparition, the Conjuro thing that has been just making a hot mess in the castle, has concerned Izo. Wouldn't you know it? And they are going to fly past Big Mom and find out what on the heck is going on with that. Can't blame him. Uh, causing trouble. <laughs> yeah. Big Mom's just in a complete rage at this point, I guess. Like, blinded by anger at uh, our two boys. Doesn't even notice first mate of the Whitebeard Pirates. <laughs> Who's glowing with fire. <laughs> yeah, like very obviously. Yeah. Like, that's just not her priority right now. Yep. Got that's fair. Physically smaller fish to fry, but they're the ones that cheese her off, so fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, the samurai are giving uh, the Kaido pirates down there a hard time, apparently, so they are bringing in the cannons <laughs> to do something about that, apparently. <laughs> uh, the heavy artillery, while the place is burning to the ground imminently, is... A bold choice, for sure, but I'm sure it'll pay off for them, (laughs) without a doubt. I guess enough damage has just been done to the place that it doesn't matter what you explode now. (laughs) I guess that's the mindset. Fair enough, I suppose. May as well cause more damage. Like, at some point, the repairs are just so expensive, you just just burn it down for the insurance money. (laughs) Oh, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Then we pop on down to the... I mean... On this map, it appears to be the lowest level, but we find out later that's not the case. Uh, the second basement yeah, level. Yeah, I thought that was weird. <laughs> right? You don't even like see anything going deeper on this map, but Yamato mm-hmm. knows best, I guess. Uh, Yamato, Apu, Drake, and Fuga, the centaur, apparently, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> making their way as low as they can get. Uh, everyone trying to get each other's attention, pretty much, except for Yamato, who just kind of wants to be left alone in this instance. Uh, yeah, got four legs, four horse legs on that man. Mm-hmm. That's fun and fresh. <laughs> Very. And I think. I mean, it's played out in this arc. <laughs> we've, we've got speed already. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Maybe they're All we need is the same a person. Frankie Centaur. <laughs> oh, the Centaur Trinity. I've been waiting for Too that powerful. to come back, but it still hasn't to this day. We can dream, though. Yeah. Now, I think last week I commented on how Yamato didn't seem to recognize Fuga, but uh, very much does. does. Yeah, 
addresses him by name. Um, like says, come along, help me out with this. They have a, a rapport. Later on. Yeah. Yeah, which makes me question whether or not these three numbers could be those samurai. Because I would think the samurai would have tried to convey that to Yamato in a less chaotic situation than we're about to be in. Yeah, Jordan and I discussed that in brief last week as well, and we're kind of buying more and more into this theory. I mean, I don't think it's any coincidence that, uh, not the Nets page, but in a few pages, you see uh, Fuga running away from the camera. And as far as we know, all the uh, those samurai guys, all the vassals of the Kozuki, have the crest on their back. And uh, mm-hmm. wouldn't you know it, food has got all sorts of hair back there. Can't see whether or not there's a tattoo. That is fair. But I'm wondering what the relationship looked like before. That that wouldn't have been conveyed. Oh, that's, you mean... Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... Because like, how much comfort would that have been for Yamato to know that, like... Our three guys were, you know, around and, and in some her. capacity. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it would be rather scarring initially, knowing that her friends had been turned into horrible monsters. One of whom is also a centaur. But <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's why, you know, trying to keep her from going attacking Kaido. Uh, he kind of does that, any way like he's he's been attempting to do this kind of thing forever i guess maybe it would spur him on more so that's fair but yeah i don't know these things got me thinking and all sorts of confused indeed no doubt it will be elaborated on almost imminently kind of feels like this arc is rapidly coming to a head so doubt oda's gonna leave such a big question lingering over us for very much longer no, just like he didn't leave Robin and Brooke lingering <laughs> in the air for much longer. <laughs> Indeed, they fall down immediately, uh, land on what is not a cushion, but Fuga's head. Oh dear, oh me. Uh, but they're safe for the moment, because uh, despite being chased by CP0 agents, they are swallowed up by the Conjuro fireball thing. Done for. You hate to see it. Yeah, don't you? Don't you just. <laughs> uh, I was initially very concerned when reading this page earlier that uh, this was going to be the last we see of these two particular guys, but they're oh, fine no. almost immediately. So <laughs> They barely seem phased. Yeah, pretty much. They yell, ah, and then like two pages later or whenever, they're just walking menacingly again. <laughs> no problem. Very tanky boys, I suppose. Uh, but yes, Conjuro's fireball thing has appeared head and down, causing concern to Yamato in particular because down is where the armory is, and gunpowder and fireball monsters don't mix well, uh, causing a premature explosion. That's not good. Better than dropping it on the flower capital, I guess, but still not good for the people currently here. Yeah, it's kind of, you know six of one half a dozen of the other for the people actually on onigashima right now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. aren't they pretty much close enough to the capital at this point that like that would be bad for everyone whether it's debris or the actual explosion Mm -hmm. they are practically on top of it aren't they that's true last we got a countdown they were five minutes away and but at least a minute has passed right (laughs) i would think probably more than that but you know Time in Mandra is pretty fast and loose, so... <laughs> yeah, it's not real. <laughs> Indeed. 
So, uh, yeah, like you said, it will be bad news for it to explode now, regardless, but I'm sure it won't happen. Uh, CP0 emerges from the flames imminently. Uh, fortunately, known news journalist Apu is there to uh, take some pictures and... <laughs> to prove that he's the dumbest man alive. <laughs> Just saying this all out loud is wild. I mean... Yeah, like... Try, try to get some some pictures, sure. Maybe turn the flash off, if possible. But then announcing <laughs> yeah. what you're going to do? No, you earned exactly what happened to you. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Some people just deserve a finger through the neck. Yeah. <laughs> I've always said it. <laughs> also, Thomas, I'm disappointed in you for skipping past Brooke's excellent dismount hop. I was going to say something about that, yeah. <laughs> it's delightful just to see his landing pose. Yeah. Don't disrespect Brooke. <laughs> I just wish we had Robin's reaction to it. Oh, yeah, we haven't seen many good Robin reaction faces lately. That's what I come to One Piece for. Like I said, I'm a Robin guy, and then a Zoro guy, and then a Luffy guy, in that order. <laughs> Sorry, Thomas, this is a Robin fan cast now. Yeah, it seems like we've gone from Shadow to just Robin. Taken over. <laughs> yeah. When she's the best, like, it just, it's bound to happen. I have heard it said that Luffy and Robin have the exact same brainwave patterns except robin has an archaeology degree <laughs> i love that yeah i see no contradictions there works for me 100%. yeah <laughs> uh yep consequences for our man apu though he gets stabbed in the neck with a finger pistol uh seemingly dead oh no but uh immediately he's fine ish we get a neat little interaction between that cp zero agent and drake um Apparently they know that he is a member, well, we don't know exactly what the deal with S.W.O.R.D. is, but he at the very least knows that he is a Marine. Drake snaps back, give me some excuses for this reprehensible behavior. I was going to stab up who? At my next opportunity. <laughs> How dare you? Pretty much. Uh, they intend to wipe him out as well. Oh no, our boys are in danger. Eh, kinda. <laughs> so... One one thing that kind of confused me here is once Apu gets back up, he's like, well, duh, of course I'm fine. I know how to use armament hockey. But, like, we do see a whole bunch of blood spurt out of the dude. Like, did it just get broken and he lessened the effect? Or, like, yeah, what? it's gotta be. You know, we see, we see a bloody Apu neck to show that the CP0 guys are not messing around, but it could have been lethal had Apu not been so good at armament hockey. <laughs> I guess. These dudes are supposed to be, like, the the top tier of this cypher pole, right? Uh-huh. That's what we're told. I, I guess I've been downplaying Apu and Drake for a while now, because if they're actually about to go toe-to-toe with them, then that's pretty dang impressive. They are pretty easy to downplay considering like how cool everyone else's abilities are and how much screen time they've gotten but you have to remember drake has a cool dinosaur specific move that he's been holding off on <laughs> that's true i can't wait to see what crazy ass i can't thing. wait to see how he hunted back in the day. <laughs> right yeah back in the prehistoric times of course his yeah. arms are going to turn into boomerangs or something <laughs> right look look uh, there's so many chances so many so many great <laughs> options as for Apu, though, he's been, like, proven in this arc alone to be, like, an impressively tanky guy. Yeah. He took that big smash attack from Kid at the beginning, uh, sword slash from Zoro, and got crunched on by uh, 
Drake. Every time we see this man, he's <laughs> taking a beating and still going strong. More and more abuse. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to him, I guess. But it seems as though uh, he and Drake are getting that team up he wanted. Uh, getting their sweet, <laughs> sweet vengeance against these rude, rude CP0 boys. Isn't that fun? Yeah, so, so much for so much for Brooke getting combat with these guys. I know that pe- people were saying that was going to be what happened here, but that felt very odd. Like Brooke's fight being established while most everyone else was already done. Yeah. yeah. In terms of timing, definitely very strange, but I think Jordan will agree that uh, what fighting Brooke did get to do was rather disappointing compared to almost everybody yeah. else. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it went to Robin. Robin's earned it. Mm-hmm. But it was a shame that Brooke didn't get to shine yeah. like everyone else has, except for, I suppose, Chopper and Usopp. True. Uh, I could see this fight kind of turning a little bit where maybe Apu and Drake are in a little bit deeper than they expected and Brooke needs to come and do cleanup. I don't I don't know the entire spacing here, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I guess if Brooke gets two small fights, that would be at least something. Uh, yeah. I mean, Robin and Brooke are still like in this same room and their immediate goals were just get away from CP0. Um, so I'm not sure what specifically they would go on to do aside from helping with this fight, but I'm sure Oda will sort something out. But it's not like Brooke has any fondness that he'd be like, oh, okay, hold on. It's not like Luffy has any fondness for these two uh, that he would send yeah. Brooke. I think Brooke was there when like the mini alliance between Luffy and Drake was established, but um, certainly not a poo. He's like a known enemy, so. <laughs> and plus, like another musician, gonna take uh, screen time away. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Can't have that. <laughs> Can't have the competition. I get it. No, no, no. Maybe that's why he goes over there. <laughs> He's just like, hold on, this music is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta put this guy in his place. Uh, mm-hmm. This offends my ears, but I don't have ears. Yo. <laughs> oh man, we cracked the code. Oh, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. Oda, call me. <laughs> I expect my check to be in the mail. Uh, then we pop outside, uh, yeah, uh, where the Zoro versus King operation is happening. Uh, we also get a teeny tiny bit of Momo. I assume he's still making a uh, teeny tiny clouds, but I don't see any in that panel. Just have to hope for the best as far as that guy's concerned. Then we find out the special ability of the Pterodon. This is how they hunted. <laughs> I feel like it should be noted that we don't get a second to breathe here. It's establishing shot. This is where King is. <laughs> King is grabbing his forehead. I was so confused when this first happened. <laughs> I was, I mean, I was kind of uh, so-so on this chapter when I first read through it, but... Uh, the one... Saving grace, one might say. Uh, to the details, though, what Kane appears to have the ability to do is grab the crest on his head, pull it back real hard, and then release. And that shoots something. His face <laughs> is a slingshot. Is it like? But what's, what's coming out of it? Is it, is it like a rod? I couldn't tell you. I, I think no it idea. is that I think it is that bony crest, and it just regrows. Oh, yeah, because he. Has but it looks that. so long in the the panel where it says steak. Like that, 
that feels like a like, like an speed impact effect to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Best and only guess at the moment. Uh, no doubt this will be expanded upon in the near future, or so I hope. Every time Oda, I mean, he's done it like five times now, but it never becomes less amusing each time he does a ridiculous thing with a dinosaur. So, mm-hmm. more please, mm-hmm. Oda. <laughs> I was really not sure that we were going to get one from King, because King has been so very above it all. Indeed. And then we have this panel of him making that tension face. Yeah. And uh, I guess I guess that's King. I guess that's who that's. I guess that's who King is. I think that's just what pterodons are. <laughs> Indeed. He has to lean into his dinosaur nature. He doesn't want to do it, but it's his inherent ability. So it, it is it is one of his more powerful attacks. So he's got to do it, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the sake of the beast pirates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Zoro having a rough time dealing with that particular move, though. Uh, unable to block it like a laser beam, he says. Um, Zoro is kind of, in general, having a hard time hitting this guy when he is airborne. Uh, has very few tools with which to combat this. Uh, and even the few tools he does have, uh, his ranged slashes not doing so great. Uh, poor Zoro, having a rough go of it, for sure. What is... Does King have, like, Gatling guns that I've forgotten about? What is he shooting at Zoro uh, in, like, the bottom right of page 12? Uh, sure does look like he's shooting something out of his wings. Yeah. Yeah. I think he had something, like, shoulder mounted. Okay. Okay. Because he's also doing it in the the page, or the uh, the panel with 360 pound Phoenix. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can see, like, the Oh, yeah, that's the start of his wings. Yeah. I don't. But, uh, not due to the fire. (laughs) Yeah, apparently that is an unrelated ability. Uh, nothing to do with the fact that he's a pterodon. As clarified by King, which is a really throwing Zora for a loop, goes into kind of a bit of an existential crisis as a result of his weird abilities. <laughs> Poor guy, like this level of uh, uncertainty, not very Zora-like, but he keeps trying though. Yeah, I applaud his tenacity, but so far his moves are not doing so great. I do think it's a weird jump that he says, um, "Is he a fishman? Giant blood?" <laughs> No, I bet it's some other race. I gotta find out what he is, or I'm not gonna be able to beat him. Yeah. Is that is that how that works? <laughs> For Zoro, I guess. I don't know. It, it is a little strange because I can understand him like being confused about this man's power set, right? But mm-hmm. the fire and the winds are not the things that have been giving him a hard time up until this point. <laughs> right. Like if you just pretended he had two devil fruits, you know, pterodon and you can throw fire, not even that you become fire. There you go. Power set explained. <laughs> Indeed. Mm-hmm. What does like, mm-hmm. his race specifically, how is knowing his race going to help him combat it? Right. Right. It feels like Oda kind of had the, the conclusion to this fight and worked backwards from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The beginning here is going to be a little clunky. The, like, that's the that. problem that's established. Indeed. Yeah. Kane's behavior on this page also kind of confuses me. Kane has been. We haven't like seen 
too much of Kane to fully understand his character. Um, but so far, he's been portrayed as like a no-nonsense executioner, I'm going to take care of you as efficiently as possible, as quickly as possible, sort of man. Uh, at the beginning of this confrontation in this chapter, uh, he has every advantage in the world. Zoro can't do anything to him while he's flying in the sky, right? But I guess even King has his pride as a warrior because he willingly comes down to Zoro and engages with him sword to sword, which, again, we haven't seen enough of him to fully understand what makes this man tick, but seems contradictory to uh, what we've seen of him in the past. It does. Yeah, it's just weird. Uh, I mean, he he says that, like, basically his tankiness goes even beyond that, and then it almost yeah. feels like a way of being like, look, I'll even... I'm not even a, much of a swordsman, but I'll take you on in your territory oh. to show you, like, how confident I am, I guess. It doesn't really read that way, but it seems like that was his thought process, if that makes sense. I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, wish it had been made slightly clearer in the text that that was the case, but now that you mention it, I think that might be what is happening. It's certainly my headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> I can live with that. Yeah, like he doesn't seem nervous about this fight at all. Mm. So why not get a little closer, you know, chat with him. <laughs> right, find out something about the, I mean, one of the right-hand dudes of this kid who just <laughs> showed up and tried to kick out your boss. Like, I mean, King, King might be looking for that tasty uh, referral bonus. You know, <laughs> there brings, you go. He brings Zoro in. <laughs> yeah, That's he like probably knows. He, he knows that Zoro was like scouted by baroque works in the past and has done a few odd jobs here and there <laughs> figures he might be a loose agent <laughs> if anyone on the straw hats can be poached no doubt it's Zoro. <laughs> the least loyal member i'm pretty sure um so what do you guys think is going on with uh kane's specific brand of tankiness like you said before Zoro says here uh the dragon slash dinosaur devil fruit users are especially tanky, but there's something about King that is even further beyond, according to him. Presumably, that has something to do with his race, but uh, it seems a little odd. So, uh, wild idea that I'll throw out right now. The reason King is wearing all of this, you know, all of this gear, is that, and I'll look, this just came to me. It's going to be wild. Uh, light weakens him. Hmm. And hmm. as long as he's got this this gear on, he's tanky. All his stats are buffed. That he's uh, he's he's constants from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Interesting. As long as you're in the dark, you're good. I mean, he does have like goggles built in, which kind of lends to that a little bit. Yeah. And he is. Huh. He's he's just so covered. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about that. We presume, judging from Queen's comments from a couple chapters back, that he's a Lunarian. Yeah. So someone of, like, a moon race being adverse to light. That checks out. <laughs> Very interesting. He's, he's a... Um... 
a reverse Superman. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. You know how you get those? Yeah. <laughs> One pops it's, it's up in every form of media. It's your classic reverse Superman. Yeah. <laughs> if this is like somehow a, a racial ability, and it's not just theorizing, that's not like what Zat said, where he has to be covered up to have this buff. If it just so happens that everybody of his race is just tanky, makes you wonder how they got wiped out in the first place. Uh, you know, Enel. <laughs> uh, no doubt. I think that is confirmed right now by us. Or maybe Kizaru wiped them all out. Could be. I mean, yeah, Damn. he's a rude dude. <laughs> Uh, hmm. Confirmed, without a doubt. But he would have the light to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not married to that theory. It just came to me. I like it. Yeah, I, I mean, why not? I love wild theories more than most people, <laughs> um, and on the spot ones might be my favorites. <laughs> they happen all the time on this show. That's oh, my, they it's do. My perfect cold shot. <laughs> oh, you got it. You got to try, right? Yeah, quite so. Uh, maybe it's a conqueror's hockey thing. Maybe. He just also has it and can infuse his body with it like Kaido can. That could be. And Zoro will have to use his presumed conqueror's hockey like he did against Kaido to get through it. That's a little boring, I think. Thematically, that makes sense. Yeah. Also, we may have been saying that dinosaur name wrong, but whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Um, yeah. Pterodon? No. Pteranodon. Oh, Pteranodon. Yeah. Oh, shit. I think I said Pterodon once, and y'all were like, sounds good. <laughs> At least we're not claiming it's a pterodactyl. Yeah, right? If Oda can play fast and loose with the abilities of the dinosaurs, I think we can get the name wrong on occasion. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so what's this uh, uh, chemisen, chemisen business? Yeah, that's another big mystery of the hour. Yep. Zoro, here's the shamisen. Right. And immediately Enma starts going bonkers. Mm -hmm. Is this coincidence? Is it connected? I don't know. Zoro's confused and so am I. <laughs> and Enma is confused. It's great. Indeed. When we like figured out that I was gonna be on for this week, I was really hoping with this chapter that there was gonna be a you know, a cliffhanger that I could speak to, that I had some some insight on and i'm looking at this like oh <laughs> damn i got nothing right yeah. what on earth is happening now it could be that enma is just like reacting it's conjuro pardon it's conjuro he's uh he's oh. done this act before oh. disguised as someone it's i no i do not believe that <laughs> i was like okay he's gotta be kidding you <laughs> Yeah, I really don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's the actual no. Kimurasaki. I don't know how he already got here. Uh, stowed away on a ship, I guess. Um, don't know why. I mean, well, someone healed. Yes. The uh, or someone kept the scabbards alive. That's true. And that feels like a her kind of thing. And now I maybe she's just. Aiming for the king. You know, she sees this as her chance to uh, take Orochi out because he's got a weakness to her. Yeah. 
I would love that. I can totally see that being the case, and poetically, that works out great, because out of all the people directly affected by Odin's death, basically at the hands of Orochi, he always had it the worst, because she had to come this far the long way around, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She didn't get the time travel like Momonosuke did, so her life as a result of Odin's death has been a little bit worse uh, than what he had going on. But and this could very possibly uh, show us where Denjiro has been. Yeah, I've been wondering because about he's that got guy. this connection to to Hiori, and certainly uh, Orochi would be a a priority target for him. And it's it's odd that he's been gone this long. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean we've we've talked about that in the past. We haven't seen him in a minute. Not since the last time we saw. Orochi's getting chopped up, if I recall mm -hmm. correctly. Mm -hmm. So maybe Hiori fixed him up, and then they hatched a plan together. That All that very well could, could be. be. But I'm confused about why Hiori's here in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's not as though anyone... It's not like a Tama situation where they told him, Oh, you're too young, you're not strong, or whatever. You have to stay here. Hiori like, said... I don't want to see anybody until the battle's over. And then she came anyway to just change her mind about that, I guess. It's it, a little bit yeah, odd. It doesn't add up for me, so we'll have to see what happens next week, I guess. Uh, I did not uh, check what it said on the Shonen Jump app like I usually do. Uh, it says to be continued. Yeah. Um, does, it, does it usually say... New chapter coming in seven days. So yeah, that's weird. Okay. But like, um, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all very strange right now. And Enma seems to recognize that she's there. He's he's acting up. And it's like it it looks like it's trying to, like, draw something out of Zoro. It's obviously hurting him, and we've seen it kind of try to exert itself on him in the past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Enma was the one that was with Hiori all this time, right? Mm. And Momonosuke still has the other of Odin's swords, if I recall correctly. I hope so. I believe so. <laughs> Last we saw it. Um, so, if we make the bold assumption that this sword is somehow sentient, it checks out that uh, it would recognize the the shamisen play. I'm not sure, sure how that checks out, like in the context of the story. We've never seen a living I mean, sword before, unless you count the Soji Kane one <laughs> and Funkfried. Come on, oh, that's true. Zoro has commented on the personalities of swords before. That's um, true. Yeah. One of them he said would be a problem child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he's definitely ascribing. Like, like he's personifying them yeah well and one piece has always kind of played it loose with these sorts of things like a sword or a gun can eat a devil fruit somehow right <laughs> like that's true that's that's not a normal thing um so maybe everything has some like small bit of soul to it i don't know it's very shinto of you right <laughs> Very kingdom hearts of you. <laughs> mm. 
That's true. All right, we're switching <laughs> to a Kingdom Hearts podcast. Let's go. About damn time. But I'm sure all these mysteries will be solved uh, eventually. Uh, before we move on, though, uh, Zach, you wanted to say something in regards to Caribou before we uh, moved on. Oh, correct? yeah. Um, Caribou knows a whole lot of information that might be interesting to Kaido. Uh, for example, the locations of the um, the Red Pony Glyph at Fishman Island. That's the arc where he was going around stealing mermaids and mm-hmm. causing a general mayhem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I can see Caribou finding his way to Kaido and I mean, like, not present moment, but in a moment of calm, um, maybe caused by some other chaos, like Marines arriving. But finding his way to get to Kaido and, you know, cracking a deal, telling him where this is. Because otherwise, I don't think Kaido would find this by himself. He's not going to Fishman Island anytime soon. Uh, that is true. true. Um, but like caribou has just been around so long yeah and observed so much that it i don't think he's just he exists to show luffy the status quo of, an, of a given island i i feel like there's got to be more to him so i i just had a theory while you were talking about him because i was like i do oh. i do enjoy theories you, you do love a, an ad hoc? <laughs> yeah. Um, and what, like, his power is to just, like, absorb stuff into him, right? Indeed. Bottomless swamp. Yeah. Do you think he could exor- uh, absorb the explosion that's imminent and the, the fire demon thing? Oh. Hmm. Like, just, just consume all of the weapons? Yeah. Like, at least separate them or something? Like, it is bottomless so he says he'd have to find a way up there obviously he's still on the ground last we saw yeah him. he's on the ground that's the problem yeah but like he's popped up at weird times and oda has made sure to keep him like just on the the cusp of our awareness right so i think you're right zach that like he's gonna do something he's got to be yeah. a little bit more integral to this i just i don't know what I don't have any specific ideas of what Caribou might end up doing. Um, I, I agree that he should and probably will be relevant in some way. Uh, but to specifically speak on your point, Zach, doesn't it feel like Caribou would have tried to strike this deal when he was like in prison on Wano? In, what was the it does. Why would he wait until... like? the tide of battle is kind of turning now that he has Luffy on his side to try and backstab him pretty much. That is, uh, that is admittedly a weakness to my, to my thought here. I could see him flipping though. At... He's a real Apu, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, the lowest. <laughs> Maybe if the battle starts to swing in Kaido's favor, uh, more than it has been the last few chapters, he'll try to jump ship again. But, uh, yeah. Something, something's going on with that guy. I don't think Oda would bring him back as frequently if he didn't have any plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe we have talked about this chapter for long enough. 
uh, <laughs> before we jump into the uh, the reread segment, we're going to do a little mini news segment this week. I'm sure the viewers at home have been really missing that. Uh, Zach has a little thing prepared for us. Prepared is a very strong term. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the announcement of the Netflix One Piece cast, the live action cast, and express why I think we should be we should continue to be cautiously optimistic. Uh, what's Cowboy Bebop? I don't know her. Don't discuss Cowboy Bebop with me. Oh man, I have not have not ventured into that, but also have not seen reason to. It's there's no reason to. Jordan. Oh, I'm so there's sad. There's just despair. There's just despair. Oh, wow. What a shocking turn of events this is. <laughs> oh, I had who high could hopes. have seen this? <laughs> so I want to start with our uh, with our director Stephen, and I'm sure I'm going to ruin a name. So bear with me, uh, Stephen Maeda, who has found the time on Twitter to uh, rebuke someone who. You know, upon hearing that he was going to be producing uh, or directing, certainly one of those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, some knucklehead on Twitter said, "Like, oh, I hope you don't make it political and woke." And his response was, "One piece is already political." Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I I have a lot of faith now. Yeah. If if, if you if this isn't just the pirate show to you, and it's like a story about a government pushing too hard uh i've got i've got more faith than i had the day before Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh our first five straw hats have been unveiled and i think i'm going to start with the one that uh is probably the most disappointing because i have the least on him uh inyaki godoy is playing luffy he is a mexican actor there's not a lot of him speaking english which certainly uh, not an issue, but it's hard for me to assess his acting when I when it all sounds Greek to me. Yeah, fair. <laughs> he does seem very Luffy-like in his you know social media persona because they're all personas, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, to celebrate the the closing of some shooting or another, uh, he and the the cast all jumped off a bridge, which. Oh. I'm not sure how much more Luffy you can get. Yeah, that's high Luffy energy. <laughs> Did he like also grab some of the people while he jumped off? Because if so, that's just a straight mirror to any slot. I have, I have to believe. I have to believe so. <laughs> just practicing. Uh, uh And you know this guy's cool because he's using just one name. Mm-hmm. He's Cher. He's Sunny. Like we all he's dream Bono. to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. I saw some uh, clips of him going around. Uh, he was in the uh, Roni Kenshin live action, right? Roni Kenshin, yeah, mm-hmm. the fourth of five, and that's <laughs> see, that's kind of proof to me that you can make a good live action anime adaptation because they made five of those suckers. I did not know that. Yep, I hear they're good. I haven't gotten around to watching them myself, but that's the word on the street. I went looking for reviews on McKenyu's performance as the primary antagonist, so not a small role. Oh, okay. And I didn't find any specifics about him, but what I found about the movie was that it was... There was an earthquake the weekend it was released, and it still went on to break 
box office records. Okay. So clearly the first three had built up some goodwill. Seems so. Jeez. Dedication. (laughs) So he's got some experience with stage combat, specifically with uh, swords. And just something about his his presence. I saw him on a like a Japanese comedy variety show kind of deal, uh, getting pranked, and just like the way he held himself. I'm like, oh yeah, I can see Zoro doing that exactly. It's very like, stoic, just a little, just a little bit of a smirk. Like, don't do that to me. <laughs> don't do that to me. Hmm. All right. I liked his I liked his gumption. How's he? How do you think he's going to be able to act with uh, that third sword in his mouth? <laughs> I think that's just going to be ADR. <laughs> I think he's going to wiggle his mouth, and they're going to have him speaking with the sword in his mouth on screen as little as possible. <laughs> I think that's probably the only way to do it. Yeah, like he'll take it out for extended conversations in combat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, now, I was surprised because I thought that what we had here was a bunch of young scrappy newcomers and that was exciting to me that you know these are relative unknowns uh and all they're very young emily rudd is 28 which baffled me looking at her i'm 28 this doesn't feel right (laughs) yeah this doesn't feel right at all uh because i refer to all of them as my precious children uh, no one say anything bad about them. And I looked at her age. I was like, oh, no. That's all right. You can still be a precious child. Uh, so she'll be our Nami. And she's been in a bunch of things. Uh, a lot of a lot of music videos I've discovered. I've listened to a bunch of weird music <laughs> featuring her in the, in the videos. Hmm. And she was also in the recent Fear Street uh, trilogy, which by all accounts are very good. I'm not much of a horror guy, but she's like a lead in at least two of them. So that's a good sign. That's a very good sign. And she's uh, clearly been attached to Nami for a while, somewhere on her social media from like two years ago. She was posting uh, reaction images as Nami. Okay. I like to see that they're, you know, at least familiar. familiar. with the source material. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and probably a fan. Like, if you're familiar with it and don't like it, you're not going to use it That's for that kind of thing. Fit. Right, right. Uh, Jacob Romero Gibson is Usopp. I was really impressed when I saw his demo reel. He's got the right mix of can be dramatic and can be comedic and over the top that I think Usopp needs because Usopp's got to walk a really fine line because of the you know, it's only going to be 10 episodes. Every second counts. Mm-hmm. And Usopp can't be annoying. Mm. Right. He can't He can't make you want to go, oh, I just wish we got more Sanji, you know, instead of this guy. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. He's got a tough job. Can't make us hate our main cast, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, no one needs that. Uh, but he seems like he's got the right the right energy to be an Usopp that we can root for and not endure <laughs> wow that that's a that's a great sum up there that gave me some hope yeah. just that one little sentence yes yeah. very well uh, <laughs> then we've got taz skyler who i have personal beef with <laughs> oh, no. because this man this man is a uh award-winning playwright and really? he's got a role in one piece that involves a whole lot of kicking and i feel like 
you got to give me one of those. <laughs> <laughs> it's only you took fair. This a, a personal attack. <laughs> Taz, you got to share. <laughs> oh, season two. Yeah. <laughs> season still two, I come you. on as Sanji. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> no, so like he very much uh, up by his bootstraps with his playwriting career. And he said he uh, he started acting because he was the cheapest and most reliable actor he could find. Whoa, respect <laughs> for his own yeah. for his own parts, you know. And then he just kind of got discovered by somebody while he was selling tickets. Uh, someone important in the theater community uh, just kind of like grabbed him and was like, "Hey, you know, let me let me help you out. Let me let me fill that that theater for you." Wow. And bam, here we are. I have seen him. Uh, there was a, I think it was Instagram video circulating mm-hmm. with Taz uh, kicking, practicing to be Sanji. And uh, some people were, were clowning on it, being like, oh, this isn't, you know, this isn't Sanji. But, you know, no one can be Sanji. Yeah, that's, there's a, that's a limit yeah. to what people can do. <laughs> yeah, are you expecting yeah. Luffy's arms to actually stretch? <laughs> Inyaki has had a surgery to uh, to do just that. Actually, no more bones surgery. They call it. <laughs> so he can he can stretch the back of his head and launch his head like a like a pterodon. Actually, of course, pteranodon. Right. They're the same thing. Yeah. So what I would like you to be left with, humble viewer, is it's in better hands than you might be afraid that it is. And if if this is a good adaptation, people are going to look for the source material, and then our community will be wider than ever. Mm-hmm. If this is a bad adaptation, will you stop liking One Piece? No. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's not going to hurt it, to watch this. Yeah, it can only help having this out and about where uh, the non-weebs can see it. The more I hear about it, including what you've told us today, the more hope I get. Uh, I didn't read the leaked script when it came out, but people were saying it was quite good. And then um, yes, I I forgot that you had not really mentioned that. Uh, I did read it, and if it is real, it's great. Really, you'd go so far as to say great. I would. Wow. I would go so far as to say great. It. So remember, this is you know again ten episodes things are going to need to be condensed Mm -hmm. and they very cleverly tie and it's it's been removed from the internet scrubbed from the internet so i i couldn't look it up just to see if i've got the phrasing right but uh very early on like alvita or someone working for alvita says like oh they have to prepare a tribute for don krieg and later on in that episode someone mentions arlong or buggy one of the two. They're similar. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> well, just just that it connects all the, all of the East Blue major predators. So it, it it reminds you like this is one biome. This is you know yeah. these pirates are all existing in the same space. Luffy's not just rolling the die and getting a random encounter. These are characters who have been exerting influence on the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also features Zoro just murking Mr. Seven, so. <laughs> Perfect. That's the fight we've been 
really itching to get all this time, I think. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll get that flashback in the cane fight. <laughs> As an introduction to Zoro? Yeah. It was kind of sick. Yeah. Yeah. It was that same energy, that same cocky, like, oh, you came for me, but I said I would only join you if I could be the boss. Well, you get to see that. So Zoro gets introduced to us as this very cocky, um, headstrong, serious individual, which, you know, perfect counter to our boy, Luffy, <laughs> who's a bit more fun-loving, easygoing, <laughs> devil may care. A little bit, yes. <laughs> Just a bit. Just a <laughs> so, cautious optimism continues, despite unfortunate bebops <laughs> indeed and uh i can't remember the name of the head writer on the show but i hear he's been making like appearances on certain big youtubers channels and like live reactions oh. trying to prove that he's like actually yes. a fan yeah of the series. he was on um yes i saw one of them i don't remember which youtuber it was roger's base i believe that sounds right uh but yeah if that actually happened and i'm sure it did if people are saying so it, and it was genuine then that's certainly a point in the series favor it's got the right people working yeah. on it at the very least that that's it you know now i don't think the actors are going to make or break the show you know mm -hmm. it's it's going to come down to the writing and the direction and you know i've seen a snippet of the writing i believe i believe that was legitimate it's a good sign uh, director slash producer, whichever one he is, my bad. Uh, that's a good sign for me as well. Potential spoilers for the first episode of the live action One Piece, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I really should have tagged that, my bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks a bunch. I really hope that helps put some of our listeners at ease. Um, that it may not be as much of a train wreck as the internet seems to think it will be. So, like you said, we're operating yeah. with cautious optimism. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because what's the worst that could happen? It's bad? Okay. Yeah, we've dealt with that a number of times now. <laughs> Indeed. I, I wonder what a bad One Piece adaptation would be like. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. <laughs> Indeed. Sure would suck if we got one of those. Mm. Oh, dear. Um, but unless you have anything else to say on this subject, I uh, guess we're going to jump on into the reread segment. Uh, yeah, I appreciate the time on the show. <laughs> oh, of course. Naturally. Uh, this week we will be covering chapters 400 through 412, covering some of the CP9 battles ending with Nami's. Take it away, Jordan. All right, so uh, we've, I mean, we've been chatting for a while, so I'm going to try to make this succinct, uh, both for ourselves and for the listeners. <laughs> but uh, like you said, it's it's a lot of fights, this chunk, which is, I mean, it, it worked for me. Usually I'm not much of a, like, give me all the fights at once kind of person, but <laughs> this was nice. Um, but before we get to that, like, we just to establish the start we start with you know basically the standoff still happening because cp9 are the most disciplined people on the planet they don't move <laughs> a single muscle uh, as this high-speed train full of pirates and convicts 
jumps into the building they're standing on until their director told them to. So kudos to them. Then the crew splits up in order to hunt down CP9. They've learned that they each have these keys. Nobody knows what key they need, so gotta cover ground quickly. And the first real action we see is from Zoro and Kaku. I love the start of this fight. My god, I love it. Before Kaku transforms, when they're just two swordsmen letting loose, like, flying through the air, and they land on these dynamic poses, and they keep pulling out tricks. It is so good. (laughs) I'm not even a big Zoro fan, but this... This did it for me. Uh, also, you gotta you gotta appreciate that Kaku was so reluctant to transform until he like proved to himself that he needed this power boost. Uh, <laughs> well, Jabra just kind of went right into it. Indeed, Jabra says he's not the kind to toy with his prey, so gotta start with the big guns, even against somebody like Usa. Fair enough. Kaku really is like the first draft of King. Whoa. Uh, Zone user, yeah. swordsman, uses his power in a very interesting way. <laughs> yeah, has like projectiles that they can produce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lawn nets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just waiting for King to pull out the pasta machine. Oh, it's oh, coming. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to give Zoro the opening he needs as he's seen that move before. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. We're always cracking Oda's plans on this show. Well, it must be rough being three geniuses. <laughs> if I find them, I'll ask. <laughs> right. Yeah. The early bit leading up to like the early confrontation with Zoro and Kaku, I've always found especially enjoyable because it starts as a nice, simple premise. Right? Robin's wearing handcuffs, can't break them. CP9 has the keys. Only one of them is right. Basically, get the keys, save the girl. Yeah. You need one key one key and then you can go right Mm -hmm. don't know which one it is though but no uh and the straw hats and co even have a numbers advantage because they've got like i don't know seven eight guys there's only five cp9 agents with keys right now but almost immediately like literally in this same chapter uh things start to get a little bit more complicated because things have immediately gone wrong frankie runs in the food row before he can refill on cola Usab runs into the third strongest guy all by himself. <laughs> Sanji encounters the one woman on their squad. Um, and only initially, Nami seems content in her confrontation with uh, Kumadori. And Zoro is, of course, going to be fine going up against whoever. But everyone else has gotten themselves into a right mess all in Chapter 400. And uh, really helps drive those stakes up super high right off the bat. Yeah. One Piece is definitely the story of the underdog, right? And this Mm -hmm. sets up, as you said, pretty much all of them in an underdog situation, which Mm -hmm. you gotta love, because the payoff is that much better. Quite so. Well done, Oda. Crammed a whole lot of fun stuff into one chapter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oda also made me do some research this time, because... (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's awful. Um, When Kaku's devil fruit is like talked about it's like i think jabra refers to it he calls it the ox ox fruit uh model giraffe and i was like that's kind of weird and sounds familiar Uh. (laughs) and that's because your boy dalton 
has the same fruit but bison model. And then I was like, wait, how close are giraffe and bison? And it turns out pretty pretty close. Uh, based on my like five minutes of research, they have a common order classification, uh, which they share with reindeer, camels, and even some whales and dolphin. Um, wow. For reference, the order of humans is primate, just to like ground that for people. Um, and apparently, according to Wikipedia, that that whole order, Artiodactyla, something like that, uh, is basically classified as hooved animals which bear weight equally on two of their five toes. So, now you know more about some animals. Thanks, Oda. Well, getting paleontology from Oda this chapter and getting uh, some animal intel, some sweet, sweet science from you. Wow. Inherited Will, the knowledge podcast. <laughs> we, we stand a zoologist king. Oh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I do love to see that, like, Oda does the minimal or possibly in-depth research that he needs to do to make it, like, even somewhat accurate. And then also, as you said in the recent chapters, <laughs> is just like, eh, screw it. Dinosaurs yeah. are fun. <laughs> it's like jazz. You gotta know what the rules are to break the rules correctly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One piece is jazz. I've always said it. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So back to like, you know, the actual things happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, during the fight, Kaku and Zoro fall through the roof. I guess just from like the added weight of a giraffe. But they end up in the same room with Usopp and Jabra and... Uh, through a series of events, our sniper and our swordsman end up handcuffed together and ultimately put their odds of survival into Chopper's very capable hooves. Both of their combat power is now uh, maybe 25%. I don't know. Not great. And I think it's just a really creative way to do it because the handcuffs, you know, obviously very dangerous to Devil Fruit users, saps them of their energy. But for these guys, it's just like a hard thing that they can't get out of like mm. real handcuffs and it was good that they had already been established the sea stone handcuffs so that when you know we we get them on uh our boys zoro and usopp it wasn't just a complete ass pull mm -hmm. like oh now they're handcuffed together how realistic is that <laughs> but the fact that we've seen that they have these sea stone handcuffs ready to go it just uh it was it was clean it was clean yeah very well and simple kingdom hearts <laughs> it all comes back to our boy sora <laughs> uh and sanji's basically the sora of one piece so it's time to talk about his little little fight with khalifa because he's super floaty and none of his uh attacks involve disney characters uh yeah yeah as a matter of fact no? smash bros joke okay. <laughs> no i got you i got you <laughs> uh but like as always, Sanji needs to be put at a disadvantage from the get-go, and this is one of the like more extreme versions of that, because he's fighting a woman and he sticks around, um, which kind of gets a little bit of a payoff later. I was like, oh, this is, this is where Sanji gets the seed to run away when he can't handle things, huh? Thanks, Nami. Thanks for setting this up 600 chapters before... It actually gets into his head. Indeed. Quick aside, did anyone play the fighting game Jump Force? Yes. Uh, we both did, yeah. <laughs> All right. 
I just I was going to mention if uh, if you guys had not how Sanji cannot attack a female character in that game. That's the case in like every One Piece game Sanji's in. He can't fight him in a that... Burning Blood. Can't fight him in a any of the Pirate Warriors games. He can a little bit. His like specials can hit women, but uh, ah, that's it. Unforgivable. Yeah, it's a. It's I don't a know if there were. There were certainly women in One Piece Unlimited Adventure. I would need to go back and see if he can attack them in that game. I'm not entirely convinced that there were any female enemies in that game. But there was a multiplayer mode. Oh, like a versus yeah, mode. You're right. You're right. Hmm. More research is needed. <laughs> For female characters, I think it really was just limited to Nami and Robin. Yeah. Oh no! I guess I have to go put Unlimited Adventure back in my GameCube. Oh, what am oh, I gonna do? Man. Or my Wii? What am I gonna do? Nuts! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got homework now. Uh, but Sanji in the present. Yeah, he. Um. Um, I mean, he get. We don't like know it in the moment, but he gets washed. Like he he can't really fight back. He takes a few hits. He gets all smooth, and ends up falling a pretty fair distance feels real bad for this guy people are just falling through the floor left and right in this arc (laughs) not sure there's also a lot of like slowly converging piece by piece which i guess that's kind of that happens in other arcs like that's kind of happening in uh yeah right now right now yeah Mm -hmm. uh but uh basically just jumping fight to fight at this point uh, the next big one is like Frankie's fight, which similar to Zoro and Usopp, Chopper shows up and they end up kind of in a two-on-one situation um, <laughs> where they're both down on their luck. You know, Frankie's low on cola. Chopper used his rumble ball too early. Uh, bad times for both. But with uh, every fight involving Frankie, this one doesn't really stay too... Uh, dark, too sad, too scary. It gets silly almost immediately. And uh, I'm I'm always grateful for these little reprieves from uh, being worried about all the, the characters I like. Mm-hmm. Frankie pulling out the shoulder rockets that home in and uh, <laughs> trying out the different juices will always work on me. Thank you, mm-hmm. Oda. Mm-hmm. Uh, his sideburn blades that he throws. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, the best move. Where's that in post time skip? Yeah, right. It'd be too powerful. <laughs> There's the ranged attack that Zoro needs to bring King down. Yeah, there we go. He just needs to team up with Frankie. He really shouldn't have turned down Frankie's offer a couple chapters ago. Especially if, oh my god, if if King is weak to light, like I uh, <laughs> just randomly theorized. Uh-huh. Radical beans right there. Oh, and his nipple lights. Yeah, that's what I was going for. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, man. man. That would be perfect. Oh, man. It's not we too don't late. We pull those out until Kaido. Oh, perfect. true. <laughs> um, so during the, the start of this fight, before Frankie gets his, like, cola power up, he still does some impressive stuff. Like, he tanks so many punches from... Fukuro, who's not high up on the list of power for these people, but like, it's a lot. It's a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't actually know if 
his defense is augmented by the cola. Like, obviously his offense is, but he's kind of just metal in the front. So I don't know if that plays in. I don't know if y'all do. Um, But I'm impressed regardless. Uh, And then he actually goes further to impress me. Because I was like, I don't know, I'm always trying to see how, like, the... Almost the role of the character fits into the fight. It doesn't always happen, but I like it when it does. And I was thinking about it for this one. After he gets the power up, after they, like, burst through the wall and go into the water. Like, all of these things. Um, Not only is Frankie, like, thinking on his feet. He's doing quick, uh, quick maneuvers, all those things. Saving himself. uh, Hindering the enemy. But also when Fukuro does his like super cartwheel iron ball move where he's just spinning through the air, building up that centrifugal force to slam Frankie somewhere. Um, Frankie does like the math in his head while spinning on the fly to pull off the perfect coup de vent to the side to like stop the rotation. And I feel like that's pretty engineer good. Like he, he would have to know math and be comfortable with the things that he created and be able to dial it into that, that amount. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, uh, you know, it's a cool setup for an even cooler finish. Yeah. It does remind you that Frankie is not necessarily one of, uh, the crew's dummies. He, he's an engineer. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love seeing it. Like he, he plays dumb. Like, cause he he wants to have a good time, it's, you know. Yeah, he's a he's a party boy. Yeah, he's, he wants mm-hmm. to live the himbo life. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, <laughs> get don't. a few beers in him, and he'll design a whole airplane or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've all got that friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just like this. It sets him up really well for his position that he will land in in the crew, and uh, I don't know. There's no way that I could have thought of that when I read this before. So it's nice to see it this time. Oh, and he does pull off another Frankie Centaur, so like ten out of ten battle. Yeah, that's true. Any two two centaurs for the episode. (laughs) Perfect. They always line up in some way. (laughs) All right. Uh, The uh, the main thing I want to point out for Chopper's fight is the focus on just control uh, and the lack thereof, because I mean. I think Kumador is the one that says it like he has such precise control over his body that he can command all of it from his hair to his metabolism to whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chopper, he thinks he has him easily. Well, Kum- Kumador, thinks he has Chopper easily beat because he's taken the sum- second rumble ball by now and his powers are not working as they should, which it's it's so interesting to me because like the the lack of control is kind of built up as why chopper is not doing so well but then it's also what saves him in the end both the random change into uh i think it was brain point or whatever to get him away from being sabbed and then by fully giving up control taking the third rumble ball and letting loose as monster point like it's it's an interesting turn there. It's kind of simultaneously the trust in his own medical knowledge and ability, 
and also his willingness to just be what he's been afraid of being right. for the sake of the crew. Yeah, if not now, when, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're absolutely up against the wall. Mm-hmm. They call you a monster, but these people love you, even if you are a monster. So be a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, love it. Chopper goes on to continue to reconcile that all the way up until time skip, pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. fully leans on that monster point. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to imagine this is where the seed is planted, where he's like, well, yeah, I can, I can fix that. I can control that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of seeds get planted here. Because Ennius Lobby seems like, even more so than Alabasta, where they, they don't hit a wall, but they hit a big enough stumbling block that there's a realization like, this isn't enough. Uh, especially with Luffy realizing, you know, I need these gears. I can do better than just throw in punches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. It's kind of a necessary element for a good arc, right? Like, well, I guess, oh, yeah. I don't know. I say that, but then post-time skip Fishman Island, like, just watching them blow through everyone is pretty good, too. I mean, that's good. That's soul food. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that, that Fishman Island was not a balanced meal, but oh, it had butter. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. <sighs> uh, but yeah, they, they hit this wall and thank goodness they overcome it because they do not have a lot of time. Thanks no. to Spandam the idiot. <laughs> he initiates a buster call thinking that he's calling someone else. And since they're so close to headquarters, it's, uh, you know, 30 minutes away. It's a real call to action if I ever saw it. It's basically about as long as it takes to run down the street and get some milk as far as... Uh... Navy HQ is concerned. I'll be mm-hmm. there and back in time for tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not a single worry about the war crime they just committed. <laughs> war crimes are for little people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. The government gets to decide what a war crime is, I guess. Yeah, that's true. But remember, One Piece is not political. <laughs> Never no, has no. been. Not once. <laughs> Luffy does not hesitate to throw down with Rob Lucci after he confirms Robin's, like, immediate whereabouts, which I don't know how he was confused about him from the start, but, like, yeah, may as well get confirmation. (laughs) Um, And this fight, again, is very interesting to me because, well, I mean, he, he, like, goes toe-to-toe with Rob's base form, kind of, um... But neither of them are taking the fight seriously at this point. This is one of the few times that we see Luffy straight up try to avoid fighting someone that I can recall. Uh, Which, again, makes perfect sense given the circumstances. But, like, just seeing... I I don't know. Anytime that I see that these characters have layer upon layer upon layer, I'm happy. And this is just Luffy being a good captain. You know, taking... The priorities at hand, knowing that he has to beat Rob at some point, but realizing that, like, yeah, Robin, Robin's in a little bit more dire straits. <laughs> Indeed, going to be passing through those gates of justice any second now. Gotta get past this Rob Lucci guy one way or the other. He doesn't manage to, but you know, 
the effort was there. Now, can I just can I just go ahead and note the cover page for chapter four oh eight? This is one of the Operation Meet Baroque works. It's the one where we see what Crocodile and Mister One want to be in their heart of hearts. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that Crocodile is you know holding on to this dream of being Pirate King. That's interesting in its in its own, but Mister One wants to be a superhero. <laughs> yeah, and I'm wondering if there's not a chance that we're going to see him and Crocodile come back to do more good. Interesting. I could see the the Crocodile, but I had not been considering Mister One at all. So so few people do, right? <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, now you've got me hoping. Yeah. I mean, I th- I, we're, we're certainly not done seeing Crocodile, because we still don't know what Ivankov had on him. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, but, you know, and, and where, where Crocodile goes, Mr. Wong follows. True. Yes. It does seem to be that way, yeah. I have a hard time wrapping my brain around Crocodile, like coming back and trying to be an active force for good. Um, but it's been two years for that man so anything could have happened yeah you know if someone is opposed to the world government they can certainly look like a hero even if they're not mm. necessarily mm. you know doing it with the most benign intentions that's like true that. yeah Luffy having, having Crocodile you know somewhere in the, in the side during a big battle against the world government you know doing doing good helping people being the actual like hero of alabasta that he you know pretended to be mm-hmm. that could be kind of cool yeah i don't i don't know how i would feel about him getting a full-on redemption like right right but yeah if he like towed the line yeah i could yeah i'd, I'd buy that I'd, I'd enjoy that i think towing the line at least trying to make some sort of effort towards a redemption, that'd be fine. Um, don't know if and not like, and not dying as part of the redemption. <laughs> exactly. Well, nobody dies in One Piece, so you're fine. <laughs> it's true. No one has ever died in One Piece. <laughs> don't true. tell him. Don't yeah. tell him, Thomas. <laughs> um, yeah, hoping to see Crocodile again someday. I'm not. The way the story is going, this feels like less and less we have space for like a character like crocodile with all the other crap we have going on but i dream <laughs> i dream those sweet croc dreams we're, I mean, we're gonna have room for cavendish <laughs> oh I suppose my God. that's true yeah yeah we we were promised you know the greatest war history has ever seen by uh, by the narrator i think that may have been the narrator's words i feel like there's room for one for one humble crocodile <laughs> That's true. Um, but if uh, Brownbeard shows up, that's one and a half crocodiles, and that's too many. So gotta, <laughs> gotta cut some of that out. Is that, is that another centaur? Uh, yeah, that was the... My god. <laughs> I thought we reached our quota. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Never. Oh, enough. we're gonna get fined now. Yeah. <laughs> Luffy and Rob Lucci. That was the thing we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I mean, that 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 was the main thing for me the like turn of 
I don't know, feelings for Luffy until he's proven like, okay, fine. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta deal with this or I'm not getting anywhere. Indeed. I'm sure that was Luffy's like original plan too, until it didn't seem to be going too well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, I appreciate him making the effort. Uh, I also really appreciate the, like two specific bits of choreography in that arc. Well, perhaps not choreography, but two like clashes specifically. Uh, when Luffy and Rob Lucci are having that first clash and they, uh, at the end of it, their fists collide. You see like the zoom in on their fists and they're both all wiggly. Uh, mm. Very striking. I can see Luffy's hand as being that way pretty frequently when he fights, but uh, not good for Rob Lucci's wrists, I would think. <laughs> well, didn't didn't we see Khalifa use like some wiggle hand finger pistol move? Maybe that's just a a part of it. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up because I don't understand what on earth is happening there. But <laughs> yeah, maybe that's just an ability they have. It, it could be part of the paper art, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Sips powers, man. They're weird. Yeah. Not my favorite. Okay. I would like to, and, you know, again, draw, draw attention to uh, the chapter, or the, the cover artwork for chapter 412. It is, again, Crocodile and Mr. One. I apologize for coming back to this. But we get a better look at mr one's superhero outfit and it kind of looks like ichiji's oh but it kind of does yeah yeah got the cape and they got yeah the belt number prominently featured on the front cloak separation of gloves boots and you know maybe maybe he has been influenced by you know the comics mr one was stated the, to be like an assassin from one of the blues from the, which did, i think from the north blue and that's where the germa Maybe. comic was like being yeah. printed right wow oh we're cracking this wide yeah, yeah. well done <laughs> sorry oda <laughs> yeah can't pull the wool over zach's uh eyes. no he's he's from the west blue well, everything's falling Aww. apart <laughs> we had it for one second and it turns out it was base and fallacy <laughs> Uh, all the same, definitely some visual similarities here. Uh, he could he could have been well traveled. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's on the Grand Line now, so yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the books traveled too. Like, yeah, certainly. It's not like a comic about super powered individuals would ever cross country lines. That'd be impossible. <laughs> yeah, they better stay out of my yeah. America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> um. So, Nami's fight, I didn't get much out of it, honestly. I think it's a little weaker than against Miss Doublefinger. Like, yeah, her power set's getting very, very cool. Indeed. But uh, I think she just, she grew more against Doublefinger. Yeah, she was forced to. Here, she was saved, kind of, by Chopper. Just giving her that little bit of insight on how to give herself a fighting chance. But other than that, like, yeah... It, it wasn't as tactical in my mind. Like, oh, I'm going to create some mirages and s- some of these balls are real. Some are not. I was like, okay, whatever. This this doesn't seem like it should be an issue for a member of, of CP9. Like, it just, it doesn't. 
Well, how much experience would she have with dials? Not a lot, but to to dodge projectiles? Yeah. Like, Nami's uh, electro balls are not the <laughs> fastest moves out there, I don't think. Yeah, just use the paper art and mm-hmm. call it a day. Yeah. Pretty much. Like if you, also if you know that it's an illusion, like big yeah. whoop, <laughs> that that kind of ruins the illusion. That's all true. So I don't know. Maybe other people feel differently. Maybe people love this fight, but I was just kind of like going through the paces with this one personally. It's nice to see Nami getting a power upgrade and able to stand up and fight with the rest of them. Oh yeah, but it comes at a cost, you know. Like Zach was saying with the Miss Doublefinger fight. She was at a massive disadvantage and had to use oh, her yeah. intelligence to work through it. Um, in this one, there's still a bit of that element there, because not just any mook can use the climb attack effectively. But she, in terms of like power and damage output, she was definitely on a more even level. And, you know, there's a trade-off here. And that's unfortunate, I suppose. It's a good way to sum it up, though. And then we're, we're pretty much at the end of the, the chunk here, the final chapter... Like, they end up getting the key they need from Khalifa. Uh, Chopper breaks down a few walls to make it a little easier to get around. Zoro and Usopp are free. Frankie is wet. Chopper is also wet. Uh, And Nami is uh, around. And that's kind of where we leave it on this one. It's, It's a good little, like, point of anticipation because things are really about to go off the off the chain or whatever you want to say (laughs) but yeah i was a little little sad to leave it on the the down slope of the nami fight yeah when i was going through and looking at the chapters we had coming up i thought about taking it a little bit further and going to 415 which is where uh, sanji's fight ends Mm. i was like well this is already probably going to be a long episode we can talk about sanji for a long time (laughs) (laughs) cover all the big three at the same time uh and the last thing that i have before we get into like comedy bits is from an sbs uh, where Oda said that Captain Kuro's cat-out-of-the-bag move was pretty much equal in speed to CP9's shave, which is pretty insane. But he has no control over it, or he can't see while he's doing it. Yeah. Right, he yeah, he is, he is blinded or whatever just from moving too fast. But, like, the fact that they were dealing with something of that level in the first real... Well, maybe not the first, but, like, one of the first real conflicts is crazy it's also a little bit contradictory because <laughs> like in that arc doesn't luffy like snatch that guy out of the air while he's using that attack and yet he struggles with this the, the shave technique that is kind of contradictory <laughs> you goofed on this one Oda, but we love you anyway <laughs> i guess it would be easier to catch someone who was out of control than someone who could plan yeah. where each of their next moves was going to be but like that's true it does make it less of a daunting thing for these uh cypher pole people to be doing mm-hmm. plus i'm sure like each cypher pole members shave technique isn't created equally i'm sure some of them are faster than others good point and maybe when making that comparison he was like saying the average shave user. I don't know. I'm sure Rob Lucci is much faster. 
Yeah. At least that's what I choose to believe. <laughs> Head cannons are all that matter, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so unless y'all have anything on the reread chunk, I'm ready for some funny bits. Bring on the haws. Excellent. Let's see. My first one is almost the first thing that happens in this chunk where uh, they all crash through the Tower of Justice on a train and uh, they're all totally fine (laughs) and they all draw attention to it. Yeah. Oh, we just crashed through the wall. We're not made of rubber. There's no way we're going to be totally fine. And then they all get up and that's just the way it is. (laughs) It's very good. And then I think almost like directly after that uh when fukuro first shows up luffy sees him and asks what is that instead of who is that (laughs) indeed just like what is that thing (laughs) that is a fair question luffy i do not blame you (laughs) uh let's see i think in that same chapter as well or maybe one or two after uh usopp stressing out about that rooster in jabra's room (laughs) uh (laughs) But as soon as it opens its mouth, it only does a little chirp. And he's the one who freaks out about it. And he's the one who wakes up Jabra. <laughs> Poor Usa. Uh, yeah. Dot trit. Dot trit biddly. <laughs> I also love how matter-of-factly he was just like, ah, the rooster. The loudest <laughs> animal. <laughs> Delightful. That's just Jabra fact. saw that yeah. Lucci had gotten a Tory. And I was like, you know what I need? A bird in my life. I, I bet I'd be... An even better bird owner. I'd be, I bet I'd be the best bird owner ever. And I'd show that stupid Lucci. Oh, that's how they win in the end. It's by embarrassing him. I'm quite sure. Uh, I think this happened before that when Nami meets um, Kumadori. For her first thought is, he's so loud. <laughs> Not even like he seems scary or he's large or his hair is weird. Yeah. It's just, God, this guy's loud. Yeah. Not even, oh no, a CP9 agent. Yeah, just oh, loud guy, and she She's hangs right. out with some really loud people too. <laughs> so that's saying something. I think in a, I forget which opening it is, but one of the ones on Sabandi, they they flash through all the uh, the straw hats, and in the background there's like a wall of text that just kind of describes them in vague terms, right? And one of Usopp's in that opening is a very noisy man or something. <laughs> To that effect. Uh, Bonafide proof right there. Usopp. Loud guy of the straw hats. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Usopp, when Chopper sees him and Zoro running from a giraffe and a wolfman, he says, oh, that looks fun. (laughs) Uh, That's true. And uh, this isn't a comedy moment, but almost immediately after that, they explain the situation to him. And Chopper is like, oh, I'll just fight them then. Like, wow, Chopper, that's that's very brave of you. (laughs) Look at you go, little guy. Yeah, willing to step up when he needs to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Let's see here. When the Sanji versus Khalifa conflict begins, uh, even though he's already had like three cups of tea, (laughs) he tells Khalifa, there's no chance I will fall for your spell. (laughs) <laughs> I did like that one a lot. Completely already under the spell. Indeed. Our boy. Has been for three cups of tea worth of time, but uh won't fall for it again, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna have a cup of tea after we're done here, so like I get it. 
<laughs> Indeed. Wonder what they were talking about during that time. You know, they I'm sure they weren't doing that in silence. Yeah, that's a good that's point. That's a good question. Maybe Sanji's just, you know, exposing his uh his daddy issues. <laughs> just like I feel like I can really trust you. It's just like <laughs> he wants me to be an artificial human, but that's not me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean she's a secretary, so she's probably a decent listener, so yeah, that's a good point. Incoming Sanji Khalifa conversation flashback to resolve his issues oh, during the Queen fight. Don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They sit down and have a cup of tea together and he's like, Hold on. <laughs> this reminds uh. me of something that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll send some letters. So I'll, I'll make that happen for yeah. you. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, the next one, which is my final comedy bit, is um, mm-hmm. Spandam attempting to pass himself off as Luffy after he <laughs> broadcast to the whole island the uh, Buster yeah. Call incident. Yeah. In the most convincing way possible. <laughs> anyway, this is Straw Hat Luffy. <laughs> Even like the lettering is wiggly and weak in that, and I, I love that little snippet of visual comedy. And not a single person on the island believed him. Wouldn't you know it? Shocking. Uh, and the last one I had um, was towards the tail end of our chunk. Uh, after Chopper bursts through the wall, and Khalifa has that moment where she does indeed think that uh, Chopper was Nami transformed. Uh, <laughs> when she realizes that's not the case, and the threat of Chopper is still right there, she has to take the time to attempt to clarify that she never thought that Chopper was Nami. <laughs> Um, pride comes first <laughs> the ignoring from nami throughout this chunk <laughs> is also very good indeed poor khalifa can't catch a break it rough out there if i might add a a comedy moment uh i've i mean i'm always a fan of a frankie fight the the give and take the um uh, you know i will hit you and then you will hit me repeat until one of us hits the floor so with Frankie and Fukuro uh, exchanging not just punches but insults, uh, you know we've we've got uh, wussy pussy, oh, yeah. wimpy limpy, flimsy clumsy, weaky geeky, and then lazy pansy panty. And Frankie's like, "Well, hold on now. What do you mean by that?" <laughs> That's where I draw the line. What's, what's that? What's that panty thing yeah, about? Gone too far this time. <laughs> oh, delightful. It's amazing. I mean, it's classic Oda, but these are like the fights of the arc, right? They're supposed these are supposed to be the serious moments, right? The conflict. These are the fights that launched a thousand AMVs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but Oda still finds the time to make them funny, and that's why we love the guy. Mm-hmm. Well done. Mm-hmm. Ah, but unless anyone has any more points to make about any of those numerous topics we covered on this particular episode, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, we suspect there is no break next week. Next chapter should drop on November 28th. Feel free to send in your thoughts on this chapter, the reread chapters, uh, the live action series, whatever you like, uh, via email to inheritedwillpodcasts at gmail.com on Twitter to inherited underscore will or in a comment on the YouTube video or the platform if you're choosing. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for being here. Glad we could finally make it happen. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this since episode one. I was like, do I, do I ask them if I could be a guest star? Do, do I wait for it? Is it, is it, is it desperate if I ask? 
<laughs> we'll get you back uh, before another 35, 36 episodes have passed. Yeah, he was hoping. Fantastic, because I've got some wild theories that I'd like to get <laughs> out. Oh, man, to we, can just, out. we can just have a theory corner. Just a theory Indeed. corner? What, Zach's conspiracies. <laughs> All Zach's right, conspiracies. Sure. Perfect. Um, <laughs> but for the moment, uh, again, thanks for being on, and thanks to you at home for listening. Bye-bye. Till next time. Bye.